everyone. Welcome to HubShots episode 299. In this episode, we talk about the activity timeline filters, bulk editing records, inbox permissions, redirecting domains, and also email sender frequency caps. You're listening to the number one HubSpot focused podcast, where we discuss HubSpot tips, tricks, and strategies for growing and making the most out of your HubSpot. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found, and with me is Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? I'm really well, Ian, and back for another episode. And this time, at least, it's not a month between episodes. But you know what's funny? We, we, we'll chat in during the week. We'll say, oh, look, we just got to do one this week. We've just got to get it out. Let's just do a, a really a short one. We'll just do a few shorts. Let's at least get it out. Then we're going through the show notes. We've just got tons of stuff. Like, I think we've got three shows worth. We had to break it up. And oh, I don't know. We've just got to get back into the habit, don't we? Anyway. That's right. It's consistency. And what would I say? We've both gotten a little bit busy and we've both gotten a bit focused on other things. So I think we just need to give each other a little hurry along to get stuff done. So talking about that, our growth thought of the week is that life or things in HubSpot is not linear and or people's journeys are not linear, right? And just understand this in a conversation we were having is you're collecting data and inside HubSpot, you understand that people's first interaction with you might be through an inquiry form or they downloaded something on your website. But then when you talk to them, they might actually say, oh, I saw an ad on Facebook, which which mentioned something about you. So that's their recollection. And so when people are collecting information, it's always interesting to see that it's not linear. There are all of these places, people interacting with us. And I think trying to get your head around that, understand it, work out what channel's working because it's a combination of things. And so talk us through an example that you have, Craig, and you've got some screenshots in the show notes from your portal as to how this person came to have a conversation with you. Yeah, look, this is just one example. I think I think I want to preface this by saying there's two camps of people. One is we show them the activity timeline and all the stuff that HubSpot's recording. They go, their mind is blown. They go, oh my goodness, there's so much stuff here. I didn't realize I was tracking all of that. And then there's other people who think, oh, doesn't HubSpot track everything? I thought it tracked everything. We should know everything about it. And so the, the truth is somewhere in between those. And here's an example. Uh, this was uh, actually a recent customer. They've signed on with us recently. But if I look at their timeline, it's like, oh, well, it's February this year. They came in from organic search. Wow. Okay. Organic's working well for us, I guess. They came in. By the way, if you get the show notes, hubshots.com slash subscribe, you'll see that they actually signed up for a form or booked in on the 23rd of February, but it was 10th of February, two weeks before that they'd actually first visited according to this timeline. Now, okay, that looks like organics, right? We're chatting with them. It's like, oh, great. Well, actually, how did you hear about us? I said, oh, look, we've known about you for years. Uh, Actually, I listened to your podcast a year or two ago, and I've I've actually really wanted to work with you for a while, but various things happened. So they've never reached out to us, right? But they've been aware of us for years, and their business was doing other things. They finally reached out. So why use this example? Well, it's an example of where it's actually useful to ask them, how did you hear about us? Because although HubSpot has those fields, original source and then latest source, Here's an example where we would just be blind to knowing the real details. So what's the takeaway? And you put me onto this and you're actually the one that got me thinking about this. One of your steps is you set up a new field called source or how'd you hear about us? Yeah. And it's really for the sales reps to fill out. It's not something that would be in a form per se. You're chatting with them and it says, oh, how'd you hear about us? It's interesting. It's another data point. 
And so I thought that's a really good idea and it just gives a bit more insight. But overall, you just don't know. For all the value and all that activity that HubSpot tracks, and it's great and you should use it, but don't fall into the trap of thinking it's everything. There's so much more we don't know. And this is just one little way to show a little bit of light by asking them. Isn't that right? That's what you've been doing uh, with your clients. That's exactly right, Craig. So there's kind of two things here. So generally we would have a question like, how did they hear about us? So that's just something verbally that people ask when they're talking to prospects or prospective customers. And there's another field that we capture, which is usually I name it the company name uh, lead source. And that captures all the other places that potentially people are hearing about that business. So a lot of people might do uh, banners out. They might be doing a remarketing where it tells them. So an example is with one of our customers, they have display houses. So if they don't convert, they get followed around by a remarketing message that says to visit a display if they haven't converted. So they will see that and that will trigger them to go and visit a display. So we understand it's working because they might not convert online. They might see site banners. They might have got something in the letterbox. So there are all of these offline sources where things are taking place and we want to understand how effective is it, right? So there is multiple touches that are taking place. And so I think it's really important, collect the data. If if one thing you're doing and then obviously you'll get to reporting and even then understanding what's important. Like, is this going to help us get to the next stage or you know, as market conditions change, what's working better? Because what worked six months ago might not work today. And so at least you've got the data to head back and understand that. All right, onto our quick shots of the week, Craig. And I stuck in there. There are lots of new public beta features, like one of the things being content approval across blogs, website pages, landing pages being one of them. And there are lots of things that are being rolled out. I've just got it enabled a whole bunch of things in my in, in our portals, uh, we have it's fascinating. Much. So I encourage listeners, if you have super admin access and you are the caretaker of HubSpot, go under your name and go to product updates. And right at the bottom of that is a beta link. Click that and see the betas that you might want to enable. You can enable it for yourself or your entire team. But you get to play with it and you get to actually experience it before and even participate in some feedback. So I encourage you to do that. All right, Craig, what's our HubSpot marketing feature of the week? Well, speaking of all the data that HubSpot captures and puts on your activity timeline, and again, a screenshot here just from our portal of all the different activities that are captured, people may not know that at the top of the timeline, you can actually filter that down. And so this is great for reducing it down to just what you need to see. Often we'll turn off things like workflows, list memberships, et cetera. But here's the other thing. We actually had a client where they had unticked form submissions. Someone had done that. And so their activity timeline didn't show any form submissions. They didn't really know about this filter activity. And so they were actually saying they didn't think forms were working on their website. And so they were actually talking to IT, what's with the forms? We're not, you know, it's not working. All it was was this filter activity. They ticked that back on and it appeared in their timeline. Now, you might think, oh, if you're listening to this and you think, yeah, I knew about that years ago, great. But this is what I have to keep reminding myself. Often we'll talk to people and it's these simple things that they just weren't aware of. HubSpot's a massively overwhelming product if you're new to it. And just some of these little tips are just life-saving. Turn this on. She saw it. She thought it was fantastic. Made a day. Perhaps that's uh, you as well. So quick reminder there. 
All right, onto our HubSpot sales feature of the week. And this is about bulk editing contact records. And this is in stage two of our HubShots framework. This came up in a customer conversation where they're like, oh, we need to update all the personas. We've redone our personas and we want to update them. How long is that going to take? I said, oh, it shouldn't be too hard. And I showed them this uh, bulk update feature where you can go and select multiple contact records and you can edit the property. And that's exactly what we did. So we went through the process of just mapping which persona was going to the new one, mapping it, and then editing, editing the persona and obviously making sure that nothing else gets updated, gets, what do you call it, affected. But you can do this across multiple properties, or actually across any, most properties in HubSpot. So just be aware that that is available to do and it's not as hard as it seems. Also worth highlighting in your screenshot here, Number one here, you've ticked it and selected 100, but you can actually select all of them that meet that criteria if you want. That's just exactly click. You can get them all. So yeah, Yeah. bulk edit is definitely the right description. A massive time saver, should I say. (laughs) All right, onto HubSpot service feature of the week. And it's to do with inbox permissions. And this is in stage three of the HubShots framework. You'd be thinking, why is this important? And this came up on another customer call that we had this week where they have a whole customer service team and they access multiple emails to send emails to customers, depending on which part of the business they are a part of. And they said, oh, they can only see one email, the rest are all grayed out. Like what's going on? Anyway, it comes back to permissions in inboxes because shared emails are connected to inboxes and then permissions are given to teams. Now, if that person is in a team and they don't have a team that they sit in or are assigned to, they will not get access to that email. And that's what shows up. So tracking back, you want to make sure you've got your email connected incorrectly. You've then got the inbox permissions correctly, which is under access. And then you want to make sure the user is in the right team. And then you'll get to actually use those emails when you're replying or responding back to people from the contact or the ticket record or wherever it is, you'll get access to that email. And that can sound a little bit confusing, all those things. But if you get the show notes, Ian's put screenshots of each of those steps and you can just follow them along and get them in place. All right, Craig, tell us about the CMS Hub feature of the week. Yeah, look, it's the simple things. And and this is, it's been there for ages. This is not a new feature or anything like that, but it's a simple redirect domain. Listeners might be aware that when you set up a website or a domain on HubSpot, you can have various options. Could be the primary one, can be secondary, can have an email sending. And then there's this redirect domain. What is this? Well, what it means is you can control other URLs or domains that you might own so that if traffic goes to them, it just redirects into one of your sites. So I'll give you an example because often it's redirecting the non-dub-dub-dub versions to the dub-dub-dub versions because, as you know, HubSpot just has dub-dub-dub. There's brand protection domains for other countries. So here's an example. We've got a new site called ZenCreate. It's on www.zencreate.com. And yet here we've got three other domains. One is the clean, the non-dub-dub-dub. We redirect that. Above that, we've got the .au version because we've put that version of the domain. And then the other one is just a common misspelling. People you know, Years ago, I decided Zen was a good name and spelt it with an X, and it's just been, I don't know, one of those decisions you think are good at the time, but you're always having to spell it. So we often buy 
the Z versions, ZEN versions of our domains and then just redirect them in for brand protection and to help people. So there's an example. They're all redirect domains, easy to set up in HubSpot. All you do is click to connect it and it'll give the DNS entries, add that in wherever you're doing it, Cloudflare, and it's good to go. It also adds HTTPS, so the SSL for it, so it's all secure. You don't get any of those, oh, this is insecure messages. So handy little tip, and I think it's in most plans. might be in all plans of HubSpot, actually. Do you remember when the, the root domains was an enterprise feature? Correct. And then they made it pro, and then they're just like, come on, everyone needs this. I think it's available even on free. I have to double-check that, but yeah, definitely start up. All right. On to the HubSpot gotcha of the week, Craig. Customers are sent emails, automated ticket emails, but don't receive them. And this is in stage four of the HubShots framework. Tell us more. All right. Well, let's go back a step and say, look, there's one thing that's missing from HubSpot's ticketing that's kind of fundamental. And I just don't know Mm. why they don't have it, which is if you submit a ticket, I just want an automated email that goes back. Hey, thanks. We've got your ticket. Here's your ticket number. Reply to this email if you've got any. Like it's just surely that's just ticketing 101. I don't know why HubSpot doesn't have that. Anyway, I'll just get off my little rant there. So it's easy enough to set up. You can create a workflow that does that based on the ticket. You just send it. And you're normally going to set up a marketing email. You've created an email and then that's in your workflow. You just send it based on a, on a, on a ticket workflow. All right. So here's the problem. You've got some customers or, or contacts that have signed up before, but then they got your emails and I'm unsubscribing. But then they come to your support page. They go, oh, yeah, I've got a support ticket I want to fill out. They fill it out. And so you try and send them an email, but it's a marketing email, but they've unsubscribed, so they don't get it. HubSpot's not going to send it to them if they've unsubscribed. So what do you do? Well, there's two main things. Well, one is if you've got transactional emails, that add-on. It's, I think it's pretty expensive, but if you've purchased that on HubSpot, make that reply a transactional email. The other thing you can check is resubscription email settings that have that enabled but that's only going to apply to people that have opted out of everything. So you've actually got a little bit of a problem there if people have selectively unsubscribed from some types of emails from you, marketing emails, and your ticket automated reply is one of those, they still won't get it. So it is a bit of a gotcha. Then the two options we've talked about are the best that you can do to try and cover it. Well, actually, transactional emails would solve it all altogether, but other resubscription emails only if they've unsubscribed from everything. Anyway, that's the gotcha of the week. If you've had that problem, Maybe at least it alerts you to what it is and you can try and do your best to accommodate it. All right. On to our don't do this of the week, Craig. Take us away. Look at this email. This came from Google. Yes. And they've put uh, blah, blah, blah. We'll upgrade your data model on or after 6 slash 7 slash 23. So my question, Ian, is that 6th of July or is it the 7th of June? Yeah. We're in Australia. Correct. Some of our listeners are in the US. I bet we're both going to have different answers. How would you know? That's right. And I'm just like, how does this still happen from a global company these days sending to people all around the world that they, they put this, obviously it's a, um, you know, in, included. Anyway, towards the end, there's, they said starting in June. I'm thinking, oh, it must be June. So this must be American. For, I, don't, I still don't know, Ian. Anyway, why am I having a rant about this in the show? It's just like, folks... Just be kind to your readers. Don't make them have to think about this. Just just think a bit before you send out these kind of emails. I don't know how these get out, Ian. But anyway, there you go. Global companies are doing this. Be super clear. Don't aggravate your listeners, your audience, your email recipients. And then on to our listener question of the week. And this is about email send frequency cap. Shout out to Jay at HubSpot. And this is stage four of the 
HubShot's framework. So you're thinking about a handy feature. Maybe best if you explain it, Craig. Send frequency cap. I think this is enterprise. It is enterprise. Enterprise, yeah. It came out a couple of years ago. So what this is, is you might have a whole bunch of nurture campaigns running and various workflows and kinds of things. If you've got a big extensive system, it's not out of the question that a contact is getting multiple emails per day from you. And that's possibly too many. We've talked about frequency versus relevance before, but let's just say it's too many. Frequency cap just means you can put a limit on how many they'll receive each day or each week, things like that. So in the show notes, we've got a screenshot where it's just set to weekly a maximum of four for this particular case. So we're not saying, but that's not a recommendation that it should be four. We're just saying it could be the case. You might have more, might have less. What that means, HubSpot will then throttle it down and instead of them getting them more than four a week, it'll just queue them up and then they get sent out later. So that's a great feature. A lot of businesses like it. It just means you can't accidentally have a whole bunch of workflows going and they're getting 200 emails from you in a week. So that's great, a handy feature. It's also a bit of a gotcha because you might have this frequency capping on and then you go to a contact and you're like, oh, hang on, they didn't get it. Or you're talking to them more likely. Oh, look, we sent that newsletter out today. Did you get it? No, I didn't get it. Oh. Then you're getting sales reps contacting marketing saying, there's a problem. This person's not getting the email. So you're like, oh, are they unsubscribed? No, they haven't. Oh, wow. They're, oh, they're not in the list. Oh, yeah, they're in the list. Yeah, we checked. Oh, wow, they should have got it. Why didn't they get it? And before you know it, you know, you're getting all confused. Anyway, it's all just about frequency capping. So that's a gotcha you can get into. So double-edged sword there, Ian. Great feature. Potential gotcha as well. That's right. And listeners, just to be aware, this is uh, only for marketing emails. So if you're sending sales sequences or you're emailing them from your inbox, this does not apply to that. So just be aware of that. This is marketing email sends. All right. On to our quote of the week, Craig. I love this quote from Shane Parrish at Farnham Street. And he said, the single biggest thing that separates people is the consistent ability to show up and do the work. So listeners, if you haven't already signed up to the show notes, if you do that, you can download the HubShots framework poster. If you haven't signed up to the show notes and you want the framework poster, you can go to hubshots.com and get that for free. And you can use it in your business and see where you are with HubSpot and use it as a guide from where you are now to where you want to get to. Yeah, it's been very popular. We've had tons of people download this. And when I get on calls with people, they're like, oh, yeah, it just, it's so good, so handy. We've had people send it back filled out to us before a call. Like they've booked in a call and said, oh, I downloaded it. They've sent it back. Oh, can we chat through? I'm like, oh, yeah, great. I haven't even met you. So really handy. Big update coming out probably not in the next couple of weeks, maybe in a month or two, adding a whole bunch of additional information and examples later in the document. So, yeah, sign up and we'll send you the update when it comes out as well. All right. And if you haven't already, please like and share this. Follow us on YouTube or actually subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have a goal to reach 100 subscribers in the near future. So 100? that would greatly help us. Did you say 100? Sorry, 1,000. <laughs> setting my expectations too low, Craig. That's fine. So YouTube, there is a lot of extra content on YouTube as well that is not on this podcast that we create in between the shows. So well worth having a look. You know what? I wish everyone that downloaded the HubShot framework would go and subscribe to us on YouTube. That'd get our audience up. That'd be great. Yeah, that's right. Please do. It's so hard to build our subscriber base. I don't know Craig, why. you know what we should do? We should be sending them a thank you email or the next step of go and subscribe to our YouTube channel. 
Don't we have that? I thought we had that. <laughs> we should check that. Time for us to check our workplace. <laughs> Crikey. Anyway, listeners, thank you again for listening. If you'd like to connect with me on LinkedIn, please search my name and find me and connect with me and say that you listen to the show. Thank you to those who have already done it. We really appreciate it. And if you want to hear from Craig, best sign up for the show notes as it comes from Craig and you can reply to him with some feedback. Well, Craig, until next week. Catch you later, Ian. Hey there, thanks for listening to this episode of HubShots. To get the latest show notes, HubSpot tips and resources, sign up at hubshots.com. You can also book time with us to help you grow better with HubSpot. 